Good morning. It's Aya Wimala, and it's February the 7th, Sunday morning. And we're at nine below zero here in Crystal Lake and in a very large area here in the north. So, uh, Super Bowl is today, so I'm sure a lot of people will be staying home and uh, enjoying that. It'll be a quiet day. I mean, around me, it'll be a quiet day. It's uh, so beautiful and so bright and sharp. It's just sharp. The sun is on the snow. I even had a few birds earlier this morning. I was surprised. But they know where, where there's a little food they can get. So I hope your day is either, if you're at the end of your day, that it's going well and you're You've had a, a quiet, peaceful day, and if it's at the beginning of your day, I hope you're warm. So this morning, it was very interesting. This morning, um, earlier, I heard an interview with Selma Hayek about a movie she did before the pandemic, and it's being released, and it's called Bliss. And I think Owen Wilson is her co-star. And it's a, and I think it might be a really interesting, uh, movie to watch just because it might have a theme that is what we would think of as a, uh, maybe a Buddhist theme. So I won't say any more. I don't want to spoil anything. And I haven't seen it, of course. So, uh, but it was just, I thought I was going to read what I'm going to read today. I thought, that sounds pretty perfect with this same topic. So, with that, so it's Bliss. The name is Bliss. It's supposed to be on Netflix or something uh, in about a week. So, hello to you who are watching. Hi, Steve. Tomorrow is our uh, book group. And... Remember, you can join that whether you've been at any of the previous ones or not. And uh, the the link and the passcode will be the same from tomorrow on. We won't have to change links every time. So I read something to you from a book I had by Sayado Utejaniya, who is a, a Burmese monk and... I went to his organization and wanted to get all of the different books he wrote and they sent them to me and I think they're don't I think I don't think I paid anything for these books and they sent all of the books and they're smaller books but they're all just treasures of his teachings just directly from teaching he's done and they sent a little they sent some extra little uh lovely things I'll share those with you another day that were just in the package. And that our organization is uh, Wisdom Streams Foundation. And I think it's in Ber Berkeley in this country. It says this book is printed for free distribution, published by, published by Wisdom Streams Foundation. So you can just find them online and this one is called Collecting Gold Dust. Gold Dust. 
Nurturing the Dhamma in Daily Living. It's a great title. So um, I found so many places I wanted to read, and this one is the one I ended up with for today. So he's, uh, this is a chapter on Take a Closer Look. And here's something. Um, sometimes This is just the quote at the beginning of the chapter. I'm not reading the whole chapter. Sometimes meditators are under the impression that they must practice in a specific way to get certain results. That's not the case. The process itself is a learning process. You are learning how meditation operates. So the first the first thing he talks about is the spectrum of wanting. This is the second section and it's called the wish for everything to be okay. Everyone has a lot of craving, but there is one very strong but elusive craving. It is the desire for everything in life to be okay. This desire for everything to be okay is very strong and powerful, but we are not aware of it because it hits us at the subconscious level. We grow up thinking that everything must work out the way we want it to and become upset when something tiny goes wrong. The mind immediately becomes frustrated at the slightest hiccup. For example, if we want 10 things and we get all of them, the mind calms down without a problem. If we can't get one or two out of 10, the mind becomes agitated. If we can't get half, the mind goes into depression. If we can't get any, the mind may go crazy. Don't, expre- don't expect that everything should be okay. The future is open and there is a 50% chance that the things that we do not want can happen to us. We need to be prepared for this eventuality. What is obvious is that we will age, become sick, be separated from our loved ones, and die. Dukkha is certain. Boom, right? And I want to read the next section because it's very short. Why is there aversion? Now, he begins talking about those three poisons in the world that affect all living living beings and their uh, greed, hatred, and ignorance, or desire, aversion, and delusion, same things. Why is there aversion? Let's talk about aversion in the gamut of emotions ranging from sadness, sorrow, and fear to hatred, anger, ill will, and other forms of aversion. Why is there aversion? Why is it happening? Whose aversion is it? Study this emotion as it arises and as it is happening in order to understand its nature. If there is some kind of understanding already about the nature of aversion, it is very hard for it to grow in intensity. I'll read that sentence again. 
if there is some kind of understanding already about the nature of aversion, it is very hard for it to grow in intensity. When you are feeling angry about something, study all aspects of this anger each and every time it arises. Observe the feelings, thoughts, and anything else surrounding this anger. Observe the way the mind was thinking before the anger came up. If you become aware only when anger is already underway or when it has passed, then you might not notice its causes. You need to see the train of thought that came before this emotion. By this, we are not talking about conceptual ideas. For example, so-and-so is making me mad. Those are thoughts, right? Our, Our own concepts. If you are aware of the mind directly while it is angry, you can see its causes. Pay attention to that thinking. What is it thinking? How does it think when there is anger? How does the mind think in the absence of anger? With such awareness, you will begin to see causes and effects. So you see, it's not enough to just know whenever something arises. You have to reach the point where you recognize cause and effect at work as well. Without catching the causes, the effects will continue to grow unhindered and anger will grow and grow. Investigate these things and study the mind's phenomena at work. Recognize the internal chatter every time there is thinking. What kinds of thoughts are there when you are alone? What kind of kinds of thoughts are there when you are with others? How does the mind think in these circumstances? You need to see all these things. Wow. I think that's, he just says it so perfectly and so simply. And, and it's, we have, that's that investigation. We're trying to get to the causes of things. And once we get to that cause, it's so much easier to uh, just that awareness can help us begin to uh, eliminate uh, eliminate the reaction. You have to reach the point where you recognize cause and effect at work as well. Without catching the causes, the effects will continue to grow unhindered, and anger will grow and grow. I just think that's great. And that the wish we have for everything to be okay, that's, a, that's such a strong desire. And that can often lead to delusion because we want things to be okay. We're upset if, we're, if they're not. And uh, that can often lead to delusional, delusional thinking. We try to make them be okay. So this, these are just little sec- segments that are just wonderful. You want any one of these could be a time, it <laughs> could be a time to just read one of his little, like one of these little square pages. Here's the book. 
So it's collecting gold dust. And I think each little, the chapters are short, but you could take each little headed section and let that be something that you just uh, use as a something to reflect on all during the day or just sit with when you meditate and no need to be thinking about it but uh, let it just let that understanding just sink in and see if you can get we want to get below the the uh, initial reactions to things we want to go beneath that so you can even just meditate on letting letting something that you read from a book like this and just letting it letting it go down without trying to block it letting it just kind of sink in as your body calms down and here's a little quote that i just want to read the real benefit of the dhamma is in having looked at defilements and having understood them to approach the same task with wisdom so we're just looking at the things that keep us from being happy, the defilements that we find within us that are not part of our essential nature, but they're the things that have, you know, that have come in and we've kind of taken on as our own that, that aren't working well for us, that aren't, that aren't, that aren't helping us. And we want to look at them and understand them. That's the main reason we're we're practicing meditation. We're we're listening to people like Sayado Utatejaniya, and uh, Sayado is his title, and he was a layperson for a long time and had a professional career. So uh, when he talks about anger and defilements, he he's he's happy to share what some of his were in terms of. In terms of difficulty, uh, before and after he became a monastic. So at some point in his career, he decided to become a monk. Um, oh yeah, I I would love to read this entire book with you. So, but that's enough. That's enough to work with, isn't it? So you know, so much of the Buddha's. Uh, Teachings are about the causes and conditions. When we talk about the conditions are ripe for some kind of karmic uh, thing to ripen in your life, there are all these conditions that have been set down and uh, causes in the past, and then they've been uh, the the causes have been layered up and layered over. And when conditions are ripe, are right. When the right conditions come along, these things that have been buried in the past will come to fruition. And so everything in this world that are all, everything that's impermanent in this world has this, uh, this operation of causes and conditions. And things, things happen because something before that happened. And before that happened, something happened that caused all of, all of these actions are like these, uh, you know, like the dominoes flopping over. And they all flop over only when th- the right conditions are there, right? So 
that's what we're always looking at in Buddhist teaching. So when we're when we're looking at troubling emotions we have or difficulties we have, we often don't get back down to the cause. So we're always working with uh, some kind of reaction, like the example of being angry and then blaming it on this person made me angry. Um, so we have to go beneath that. It's just like we have to dig further because that's not the cause of our anger. So we all we all experience anger, but we don't often get down to the to the cause of it. We we stop somewhere, and usually where we stop is where we can blame someone, even if we're blaming ourselves. And it has nothing to do, you know, that anger is is uh, is is in us, and something happened that caused it to be to be released doesn't mean we're a bad person or that anybody else is a bad person. We have to get down to, uh, get down to the, you know, we just have to keep going and then we'll be aware and we'll, we'll be able to work with it. So um, let's practice for a while. Let's practice and sit. And uh, let's just sit quietly and calmly, and you can spend this time with yourself. And if you want to, um, just let these words resonate with you. So maybe I will read it while we're sitting. I'm not going to read too much of it, but I'll just read the section, The Wish for Everything to Be Okay. And... uh, Get into your meditation posture where your body is attentive. And so you're setting your body into the right posture. Your attention is on. Very lightly focus on the body breathing. So your body can begin to calm down because it knows you're going into this mode of turning within letting it become calm. And you can do it in the midst of a lot of chaos if you can, uh, if you're not, if you don't have to be in charge of preventing that chaos. But there can be noise and there can be things going on around you. You don't even have to close your eyes. And a lot of people train with their eyes open. But you're turning inward. And your attention is lightly, lightly on your body breathing. But as you turn inward, you can be aware of all the things your senses are picking up on. But it doesn't have to be an awareness that gets you distracted. Just be aware. All this stuff is always going on. And usually it may irritate us or we may be so drawn to it that we leave our focus and just go off in a distraction. It might be a pleasant distraction or it might be um, be an unhappy distraction. You want to get rid of it. Or a happy one because you want to join in with the distraction. But as we go inward, we're just aware of those things being in our environment 
but we don't have to take them in completely. We don't have to let them become what we're thinking about or where our attention goes. Just stay with each breath in and each breath out. And as I read this passage again, just let it let it settle in. No need to be thinking about it or trying to figure out. Just let it let it be there. It can be something that you reflect on later or that you may just recognize something in your own life. The wish for everything to be okay. Everyone has a lot of craving, but there is one very strong but elusive craving. It is the desire for everything in life to be okay. This desire for everything to be okay is very, very strong in us very strong and powerful, but we are not aware of it because it hits us at the subconscious level. We grow up thinking that everything must work out the way we want it to and become upset when something tiny goes wrong. The mind immediately becomes frustrated at the slightest hiccup. For example, if we want 10 things and we get all of them, the mind calms down without a problem. If we can't get one or two out of ten, the mind becomes agitated. If we can't get half, the mind goes into depression. If we can't get any, the mind may go crazy. Don't expect that everything should be okay. The future is open, and there is a 50% chance that the things we do not want can happen to us. We need to be prepared for this eventually. What is obvious is that we will age, become sick, be separated from our loved ones, and die. Dukkha is certain. Certain. So let's just stay with our breath. Feel the peace that only you can create for yourself. Allow it. Don't fight it. Just keep coming back to your breath. 
Why do we need things to be okay? Even in our metta practice, we wish, we wish things to be okay for ourselves and others. Why is that need so great? May I become, at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, May I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. So thank you, everyone. If you can keep sitting, keep sitting and just reflect. Have a beautiful day or a beautiful evening. See you Tuesday.